Hey, what's going on, club members? It's your boy, Eris Dejan. Quickly checking in. I got a beautiful episode for you today. Um, all that slogan stuff is going to be in today's episode, so don't even worry about it. I just wanted to intro today's episode because it's with an individual that means so much to me. And I initially recorded this episode back in October 2021. We are now in July 2022. Um, so you could only imagine how much content I still have in my pocket to give to you and to bless you all with. Um, so indulge in this conversation after listening back to it and editing it. I'm like, wow, this this conversation is really dope and deep, Um, uh, deep and dope. You know what I mean? Double D. So uh, I just want you all to really take in this conversation. I know uh, sometimes when you listen to shows, whether it's mine or someone else's, you listen in passing, you might multitask, you might be cleaning up while something is playing in the background or while you're driving. But if you could just take a moment today and if you have an hour, Uh, whether it's today or tomorrow out of your life, just take that one hour to really, one hour and change, sorry, one hour and about 20 minutes, um, just really take in this episode and take in the conversation that uh, my guest and I are having because even listening back to it myself, I learned so much from it. So I just wanted to intro that. Have yourself a beautiful week. Uh, We'll touch base uh, next week with a guest spot episode, which is which uh, guest spots are episodes that I uh, provide to you. um, And they are appearances that I've made on other platforms and shows and conversations that I've had with other hosts and curators and creators of their own platform. Um, So it's pretty much other shows that I've been a guest on. So I'll be back next week with a guest spot episode. And uh, this is the rotation. All right. Have a beautiful week and we'll talk soon. Enjoy today's episode. Episode 63. Uh, A long time coming. (laughs) One. 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 Who are you? 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Who and How Club. It is your boy, Eris Dejan, checking in. You know the slogan, you are the Who and How Club. I am the Who and How Club, and we are the Who's and How's of this world. Without you, without me, there is no we. So while we're all here together, how are we going to spend this time? You know, what are we going to do while we're all here together? Are we going to pick each other's brains uh, on certain topics and experiences, life experiences and perspectives, or are we going to be enemies Are we going to ignore one another as we walk by each other on the streets? Or are we going to say hi and hello and figure out who we are and how we became the who's that we are? That's what the Who and How Club represents. We focus on who you are and how you became the you that you are today. But everyone has a journey. There's that in-between stage that we don't really get to cover. Think about people who just pop up in our favorite fields, artistic fields like rappers, musicians, uh, actors. We know that they're famous today. We know that they're our favorite 
artist and creator and we see them on screen, but we don't know what it took for them to get to that point. We don't sit and, and dive into their 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 deepest traumas or their anxieties or the things, the, the hard work that they had to put in in order to get to that moment that they're at today. So this show represents that journey, that before you see me today, that journey, you know? So we have a really special guest today, and this, this episode is going to be called Long Time Coming <laughs> <laughs> or Long Overdue. I haven't, I haven't decided on the title yet. Uh, but it's going to be one of those two because I have a special person next to me today who is joining me, and we've been speaking about getting him on the show for so long. Um, and even though he hasn't been on the show, uh, he's still been in my life. So, you know, we've kept in contact, but today is his day, finally. So you want to introduce yourself, Sam? Hi, I'm Edward Healy. Uh, I've been around for a while. <laughs> he has, he has. It's, uh, it's really special for me to have you here today because you mean so much to me. And we're going to get into that on how you and I know each other, how we entered each other's lives. Um, you said you've been here for a while. What does that mean to the people? I turned people. 70 in January. Mm. <laughs> so you're at, stage, and, uh, you're at stage 70. Stage 70. And uh, skydiving and uh, scuba and snorkeling and uh, try to be as active as I can. <laughs> What's it like being 70? in this day and age like what what does 70 mean to you um i'm sure it's it, more it, than it, just it, a it, number right well uh, um mentally i still still feel like i'm young in my 20s because there's so many people in my life like yourself that are younger uh that keep me fresh even if we're some of my young actor friends actor directors uh working with Leslie, even if it's going over material I studied a long time ago, um, it's got a fresh approach. Yes. So we're always continually having to deal with life experiences. So that never changes. So so how you deal with them um, should be fresh. It should always be fresh. You should be in the moment. I'm, I'm the father of four sons and they age me. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Where's my... Hold on, we got it. But up, but... When you were growing up, did you... Um, you know, for some of us, for people who come from a certain community, ethnic group, etc., you know, turning 70 seems so far-fetched. Sometimes even be, turning 30 seems so far-fetched <laughs> for some folks. They don't think that they'll get there. Yeah. Uh, did you ever think like that at any point like that you would get to 70 no i i thought i'd be gone by 60. Mm. Um, a former athlete always did my own stunts when i was acting back in the early years um always lived life on the edge you know uh rally and uh stunt drove as well and when i was spearfishing in the caribbean i'd always go after the barracuda which it's a dumb move. Yeah, yeah, like, you know. Um, You're trying to shorten the journey when you but do I, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it just seems so far away. Right. And, and, and I do have a, um, a quality of life that where I can no longer be active, both mentally and physically, I, I think it's time to move on. 
mm. and see what's in the great unknown, you know? Uh, we're we're going to touch on that. Let's do a little cheers and celebrate today's uh, accomplishment of finally having you on the show, first off. It's cheers. great to be here. Eye to eye, eye to eye. <laughs> eye, to eye. I, know it's not, I know it's not alcohol, but... Actually, some say it's bad luck to cheers with uh, water. Is that a I've saying? Never, I've never heard that. No? no? Okay. No. And that no, person is crazy. So, do you think... You, you made a comment about, like, it might be... I'm sure you've seen a lot in your in your in your day and age and stuff like that, and just mm-hmm. being in you know alive for that long or whatever. But you think like when is when is your time? When do you feel like it's time to not do those things or like you could kind of chill and relax and zone out? Like you don't really have to be so active anymore. Is there a limit for you? Is there a stage no, that you no, see for yourself? I think I'd go crazy if I uh, wasn't continuing to to work. You know, I've always I've always followed my heart. So, <laughs> both in personal relationships and uh, and 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 work. Yeah. So um, it, it just keeps transitioning. You know, the the poet the poet in me came back what nine years ago. He used to write back in the day in the 20s and uh and then stopped and i actually started writing it uh, again i stopped because of a woman and began because of a woman you know um, but it was primarily an exercise to transition from educational and documentary style writing because i wanted to do a little more fiction writing mm-hmm. and it just caught hold and uh gonna publish my first book so we're going to talk about inspirations and stuff like that, because I, I think people, they, they hear the, the, the number 70, 60, 50, whatever, right? And they're like, things, they, things might slow down for me when I get that age. That's their notion, right? Like they're not, they don't know what it's like once they get to that stage. But seeing you as an individual who is 70 and you're still, you're still pushing, you're still pursuing the things that have meant the most to you, the things that inspire, the, inspire you, the things that make you you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no stopping for you. You just keep that going, you know. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's second nature. It's not like I I have to think about it, mm. you know. And I'm I'm not I'm not in a position where I'm working at a job function to pay the bills, and I hate what I'm doing. You know. Right. You're doing what you love, which it's is a, being yourself. Yeah, and, and it's rags to riches because uh, development costs on every project you have to incur uh, and then when it works you reap the benefits then you go back to starving you know, <laughs> you know? yeah it's uh, yeah you, go, no, you have it you have it then you don't then you have it again you have it to not have it again you know so I'm sure a lot of creators can can relate to that but that's not the motivation the motivation is is the interaction with people um even the poetry, writing the poetry, we performed it before the pandemic, you know, and yeah. and and great audience, uh, working with other performers in a band, you know, that could improv, uh, 
as as uh, as we recited. So I I mean it was great times. It it it, it really was wonderful. You and know, it keeps you young. It keeps it, you youthful. Yeah, yeah. And, and it keeps you mentally Sharp. alert Sharp. and tuned yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when Ed says we performed, they, like he literally means that. Like him and I are a dynamic duo when it comes to performing poetry together, and we we have our little shtick. Uh, that we're going to be bringing to a city near you very soon. Unfortunately, we can't remember our our dynamic duo's name and what we titled ourselves together. But there, I think there's video with it, right? Right. So we, we'll we'll just I'll have, have to re, yeah, yeah, have we'll, we'll retract because uh, on our intro. But um, yeah, you and I sort of met in our in an artistic space, and I think art and creativity kind of brought us together. Right? Would you agree? Well, Do you remember? I, well, well you yeah, I mean, I was actually watching your technique and in, in meeting all of the beautiful young ladies that were walking up and down uh, Young Street. And that's... Um... <laughs> no, it was, yeah. yeah we we were going how... to the same tattooist, and yes, yeah. then we started going to Harlem, Harlem yes. East, yes, yes. With, with Black Lotus, and, uh, and that was another great audience. Yes, yes, right? yes. Uh, yeah, I immediate. Yeah, so. I was immediately drawn to you because uh, my good looks. <laughs> Stop this! <laughs> oh, sorry. That's we're not gonna <laughs> clap for that. We're gonna laugh for that. <laughs> I don't know if it was like I've had mentors in my life, and a lot of the mentors in my life they've come and gone. You know, like they're at stages. They pop up in certain stages in my life where. I guess the universe knows that I need this in my life right now. I need this specific individual, especially like a father figure, because not know. I've spoken about this on the show. Not knowing my father, you know, anytime I come across some sort of male figure, they become that in a sense. For but it's very mm-hmm. temporary. But you've been in, in my life for many years, and I think I'm stuck with you. I don't think. I think this is probably coming up on ten years. I don't think it's been that, that long. long. Where, where are we at? We're 2021. Blue, it, was, it hasn't been that long, but... Blue it could, God. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be... It's, yeah. Not 10, but... I'm trying to remember what tattoo I was getting around when I first 20, met you. It's been like, but, like 2013, 2014, around that time. I think a little so, earlier. Okay. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, so you're going to be at my wedding, pretty much. I've established, I've accepted that, and yeah. I'm okay with that, right? But I know that knowing you in that format, like, there, there are still things that I don't know about you. So having you here today is a perfect platform to dive deeper into, like, who Ed Healy is. And maybe I can discover some things that I don't know about you and vice versa. So let's, you know, in who and how fashion, we always ask the question, like, who are you, right? And we, we always look for people to not not define themselves by their names or by what they do, but really finding a different answer in, in that because, you know, it's, it's a real difficult question to answer. Do we even know who we are? You being at 70, share that perspective. Do you know who you are? Well, I certainly have an interpretation of who I am, and I have an evaluation on where my conscious and not conscious uh, components are at, which is always something I've strived for, um, to make them inherently compatible. We have to be careful of of what I call the rational con, as in, you know, (laughs) the con, right? Let's go. Because 
intellectually, which is rational, it tends to be justification mm. and self-justification, mm-hmm. um, which can be tremendously misleading if you're trying to pursue the truth. And, and, and speaking of truth, I think when, when we're placing any type of validation on anything, we, we, we tend to use truth oftentimes as, uh, or honesty. Mm. Um, we can't do it with accuracy, but it becomes uh, a self-justification. So oftentimes people will say, well, at least I'm honest, yeah. as a justification for some sort of Ill, screw Ill, up. Or, yeah, 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 right, Ill, you know. Ill behavior, something that you've done deliberately to hurt someone. So, so what came to me in, in uh, dealing with a, a, a couple of people in my life was that um, we have to strive to make honesty um, truth and accuracy exactly the same thing. They have to be unified with the same perspective. Mm. So, um, and I think that's when you know yourself. No one. Well, the, then you know your truth. Your truth, as opposed to a just a rational, conscious, um, intellectual, or also sequence of uh, a deductive argument, right, to, yeah. to justify an interpretation. Or also defining it based on what the world is telling you or society is telling you yeah. what who, who you are should, should look like or be defined right. as, right? Yeah. yeah. So I understand so, that. So that's, that's what's coming to me. Um, Was there a point in time in life where you're like, you thought you knew yourself and then something else happened and you're like, oh, no, I actually know me now kind of thing? No. Because it's always a stage of, of uh, discovery. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to discover myself or maybe savor mm. living, mm-hmm. which I did in the 20s, uh, in, in my 20s, not the 20s. In your 20s. But, yeah, 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 you know, we savored everything when we were young. We just did it a hell of a lot faster. Yes. And um, more indigestion. But I feel like it's, but I feel like it's know, the opposite now. Nothing is being savored for the young. Like the young folks, they're not savoring anything. They're really in this rush to, to grow older and be something that they're not. They're not enjoying their youth. They're not knowing. They don't even know how to be young anymore because they're so um, exposed to adult things. And social media has a lot to play in that, right? Do you agree? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, I think like, social media really plays to the egotistical side of an individual. Yes. It's really not interactive. It's active. It's I'm, active. I'm putting it out there like a selfie or my story, and people react to it. It's reactive, but it, yeah. It, but a, yeah. there's no dialogue in real time going on. Yeah. Um, what do you think social media would have been like in your, uh, in your stage when you were younger, stage of life? We had a lot of meaning, especially in relationships, because we had to write letters. Mm. 
and the pigeons delivered and, and, them, and, right? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> the pigeons delivered them. Right? Oh, almost, almost, right? You just um, missed the threshold where the but, pigeons were the delivery men. But we we were prolific letter writers, yes. you know, yes. um, and and we spent more time with each other mm. in in real time, person to person. Mm. It wasn't. Um, all this uh, texting. I mean, I barriers. I, yeah, I, I spend so much time texting every day because I have to. <laughs> You're right. I have to respond have to, to who's that. texting me. Yeah. Um, so. But like, so the phone call back in the day was yeah. also uh, skeptical because you couldn't see body language. You couldn't see an inflection. You know, in in the shape of the eyes, the You're emotion in the tones. eyes. You're hearing, You're tones. hearing yeah. tones, right? Yeah. And now, you know, you you crave for the telephone call because the text is so. It it can it's so misinterpretive. Yes. Yes. Because there is no emotion in a text, yes. unless you're you're being very obvious and blunt. Yes, and I promise you, I'm not trying to aid you with all these types of questions. I I don't want us to harp on you know that like what it was like when you were growing up versus now. But I think it's important for the listeners and viewers to really get, I think maybe be even awakened by the things that you're sharing because there's a huge disconnect. There's a huge barrier when it comes to communicating with people or being around people. We have to be reminded of what the real stuff used to be like and maybe tap back into it because we're missing something now. We're missing something now with this, with this. Like we're walking with people in our pockets pretty much. So we feel like there's no, uh, there's no other need to be around people in a different way, in a healthier way. Right. You know what I mean? So you've been able but, to... But something that's, that's, that's incredible that yes. we didn't have is you have instant access yes. to anybody yes. anywhere in the world. Yes. You know, I did an hour and a half video talk with uh, my friend in Moscow mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. Didn't cost me anything, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, WhatsApp and Messenger. I mean, yes. all the platforms Zoom are for free. You know, yeah. we had to be careful of the long distance built back in the day. Mm. And um, so there are pluses there. It's like a double edged sword. It, it, again, it's it, it's a tool to be used. And how do you use it? Right. Um, are, are you in command of the technology or is the technology shaping and molding you? Mm. When you were younger, right, and your father, who, you know, like when you compare your life now at 70, did you get to see your father get to 70? No. You didn't get to. Did he pass? I will be, I will be the first uh, Healy and th- male on the Healy side to make 70. Get 70 and above. In three generations. Now, oh. I, I have my mother's heart and lungs. Yeah. So um, I'll make it. Cheers to another 70. <laughs> another 70. <laughs> <You know. laughs> But my uncle, uh, my dad's brother, my grandfather, and, and the one, my great-grandfather, I can't remember when he passed, but those three didn't make it. I think my grandfather made it to 70 and, and, and passed. Yeah. But, um, that Lazarus pit helps, man. You, you know. found it. <laughs> you found it. Wow. But, um, you know, um, it, it gets us thinking with all the bullshit that's going on with the 
are patriarchal religions. And in my case, reject, I've rejected them a long time ago. It gets you thinking about what's out there, if, if anything, mm -hmm. right? Because we all know you can't destroy, uh, you can't destroy anything or everything. You can't, you can't destroy energy or mass. It, it, it transitions into something else, right? Yes, yes. Even if it's ash. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I was. I do was, we have a soul? You know. Right. Uh, right, right. I think we do, which I think is uh, a harmony of all of our components, like the conscious, not conscious. You know the all the emotions. Yeah. Right. Um, Where there's a spark. Uh, there's a spark. Right? But not in a religious sense. No. There's an essence of who we are that makes us individuals. I I think. Um, does that move on? you know right well does it even does it move on like we'll never know until it happens to us like there's the saying like oh you only live once do you like how would you know unless you actually didn't live like no. you weren't alive whatever we consider to be alive but we're but, being in the but physical more, yeah, but more than a billion people believe in reincarnation right and have done for centuries right right so right. And and again, I never worry about it because it's something I won't know till it happens. Right. Um, so, it's it, it's like a good argument uh, on on following Jesus, for example. Whenever you're in a discussion with Who? an evangelical, oh yeah, 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 right, that guy, you know. Do you is do you do you follow his teachings yeah, because yeah. they make sense? They're humane and they're good. Or do you do it because of the authority that you believe he's the son of God? <laughs> right? Well, he's the as son of God, so I got to do this, right? You know, and anyway. as, you, as you said that, just a voice in my head came into my mind, and it's Carlos's voice. And Carlos has always said, don't talk about religion on the show or politics. But I, you and I have spoken about these things off, right. off, offline, right? Which, but, and I agree with those. But how things. can we not, yeah. when we're dealing with the, the uh, we're continuing to deal with the residential school structure? I, I mean, how can we not? You know, the, the, the problem with the truth and reconciliation is there's no accountability in that equation. Right, we'll get to that. Uh, right? You we'll know, we'll uh, get to that. We'll um, get to that. I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, before we dive deep into that stuff, like, and then, um, and then we can move forward from the age stuff, like, has it, was there ever a moment in time where you found it a bit difficult to sort of adapt to the times? Being at the stage of life that you're at, knowing where you've come from and what things were like back then, as you're going this way in life, like, was there ever a moment where you found it difficult to adapt to the changes, whether it's this or how people communicate, how you have to operate under the, the umbrella or certain structures created that would pop up? Because you've seen it. You've seen a lot. Yes, of course, uh, because that whole structure of being cool that we all want to be, mm -hmm. we all want to be cool and trendy and accepted. And it, it, it's just, a, I guess, a, a part of our human society structure. Yes. You know, yes. I, I don't know how to exactly term it, but, you know. Um, 
So you're always competing because that is a competitive structure. Yes. Because you want to be the coolest, don't you? Right? Well, you that's a human, yeah. I feel like that's a human flaw, though. Yes. That's like a human yes. being flaw. Like we're always comp- we're in comparison, even when, even down to suffering. We compare suffering even, you know? Like we're always in this competitive. We're competitive. That's right. It's our yeah. nature, right, to be yeah. that. But I think it's a flaw. Did you overcome? Were you ever in competition with anyone? Because when I look at you, I don't see you being a competitive person or a you know, comparing yourself to anyone or being in that, like, the ego. Was there ever a time where you, <laughs> whether it was in acting or, you know, producing anything? Yeah, but it, 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 I, I was shaped much earlier by being an athlete. So I was in a world of, um, even when I played team sports, there was a competition with my teammates because they were competing. Yes whether it was for the prettiest cheerleader or the best player or, you know, the competition was inherent. Um, a lot of what I, and, and of course it was physical competition. So yeah. uh, I competed in martial arts. Yeah. Um, it was man, that's, on, that's man like, on man, right? right, right, right. And, and hockey. Are, that's, that's like, in my mind, that's like isolated competitiveness. But when you're, but you as an individual outside, once you leave those domes or these, you know, you as the makeup of you, would you consider yourself to be like you're in competition with anyone? Was there ever a time throughout your life, like maybe a sibling? I was the oldest of five. Um, my sister was the next one down, and then three brothers. So there was enough of an age gap. There was no. Um, I think I was a, a really good older brother, mm. but of course my brothers would have to answer that, <laughs> right? You know, right. but um, um, <laughs> I, I, I think I've seen you've never seen like someone like you know. That's why I look up to you because you're not, you're not, in, you're Ed. You're like one of one. I've never seen you to be in competition, or your ego has never really, you know. You treat everyone equally as well. Yeah, I think I did back in the day. I mean, I had a notorious reputation in high school for being a ladies' man. Jesus. But it was, it was because when I made the transition to arts in high school from athletics, um, again, following my heart, was my girlfriend at the time, and uh, because I was sick of the jock world. It, mm-hmm. it just, um, the type of personality that the athletic that world... Came, yeah. Uh, created yes, yeah. um, in high school was very destructive yes. and uh, I was sick of it so I, I easily figured out I had the male point of view so most of my fans were female because they had a different perspective yes. right yes, yes. but of course that was misinterpreted because my jock friends my straight friends um, had a few gay friends back in the day like in high school yeah. It was uh, when it came to the art stuff, to the artistic realm that you were kind of. There, there were a couple into. of gay athletes as well, but it was all under the radar, right? right, right. Com- completely under the radar, yeah. and um, but they only saw women in terms of a heterosexual relationship. When I had my production company, um, the majority of my staff was female. 
because of the nature that's, that's inherent in, in a female. Sure, they can be nasty people and competitive and everything else like that. But I find them more emotionally balanced with their intellect. So there is more of a connection between their rational side and the emotional side. And when they make a decision, they stick to it. Especially in relationships. I've seen so many relationships where they break up and the male, whether it's a boyfriend or a husband, still wants to be able to play with his wife or ex-wife. Yes. Whereas a woman, when she makes up her mind, it's done. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Well, that's because you know? I feel like women have more, con- like, it's a feeling. They and can and it's a gross their- exaggeration as well. Of course. But, of but course. there's... Not to generalize, but there, I feel like women can, some, most women can, uh, they go based off their feelings. And if they feel, when, once they're emotionally detached, that's it. They're, they're going to go elsewhere. But a man, it's like an ego thing. It damages their ego. So they want to continue to have control over what they used to have or to yeah. keep something yeah, yeah, going. You yeah, know, yeah, They want to yeah. feed into their egos. Absolutely. Once you lose control, your ego is shot. Because yeah. this individual doesn't want you anymore or, you know, they're over you. It's like, how could you be over me? I know we're not together, but we're, we're connected somehow, some way. But she emotionally, she's she's elsewhere. Yeah, because she's old, she's done with you, you know, so it's it's a bit scary when it comes to relationships. I've been I've been solo, <laughs> solo for a little bit now. So, oh, as you yeah. know, so what's it like dating in, in your day and age? Do you date? I don't date. Um, you on any online like, online profiles or anything like that? No. You don't believe in no. that stuff? No. You're not even on Instagram? No. <laughs> because I'd be spending all my time, right? Yeah. You know, be, between texting. Facebook is a necessity uh, for business. Yes. But you, you, you get so caught up on the technology that you... Um, you're you're not dealing with people. Does that make sense? Like in a face to face, because you're you have no point in meeting them because you've dealt with the issue in your technology. <laughs> like I mean, you know. So when I say I don't date, it's yeah. it's I, I I don't I don't categorize it um, as dating. Yeah. But you meet people in the in the in the right way. Which is yes. in person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which yes. I agree with. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I haven't um, been on any apps. No, in a I've very never. Long yeah. Time. Yeah. No, you, you should be able to meet enough people. Um, enough people. Texting strangers. The right is, people is, by is, is by weird. what what by what you're. Exactly. Yeah. And half of them have phony names, so I'm told. Yeah, right? you don't know, you know who you're speaking with. Yeah. My ther- my psychotherapist is like she keeps pushing me to get into like different environments, you know. Like she wants to be at my wedding too. I'm sure at my wedding it'll be Ed, it'll be my therapist, it'll be Carlos, <laughs> and I don't know who else, right? Well, but yeah, Leslie yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If she, if she, Leslie will be my she, plus one. She'll be yeah. a plus one. If she we're, accepts the invitation. Um, now, but, see, that's a great friendship. You and her. Yeah. Yes. It's evolved into a really uh, solid, uh, respectful, supportive um, friendship. And I always feel absolute trust. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing I can't talk to her about. And I think she's 
got my back and vice versa right you yeah know? when you so. think of ed you think of leslie and vice versa it's like you two are synonymous with each yeah. other like yeah, to each other right like yeah it was leslie who got me into going to uh the middle of nowhere you know because yeah, yeah. she was part of the uh, the crowd you know yeah. and the great audience yeah. um so yeah you know it, uh, you keep young people good. around keeps you yeah. but a healthy relationship with a, a woman and it doesn't, to your point earlier, about like men only seeing women for one. sexual objects right, primarily. Right. And not building so, friendships yeah. and stuff, not understanding that you could gain more from having women around you, which is that different perspective that right. you're speaking about, that it's, it's a healthy thing. It's a healthy thing to be able to do that. And it would be nice yeah. if more men understood that, right? I, I think I've been pretty fortunate. I had a wonderful mother. Uh, uh, wonderful dad. He was the most moral person I knew. My mother was very moral, but uh, um, she was the nurturer of the mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father was fearless. He was a veteran. We saw a lot of action in World War II in the Navy. And that forged him. And raising us, he was very much into human rights yes. across the board and respect for all individuals. And um, and open to all races. I mean, the, the stories I could tell about that, like my best friend who was white and Austrian, Jamaican wife, Jamaican-Canadian wife, and she was Jamaican royalty. They had two kids. They weren't allowed to go to his mother's place because in Austrian, she was a member of the... Uh, Nazi Youth Party in Germany, and uh, she was a total racist. Mm-hmm. She hated me too because my heritage yeah, is British, told, right? Told you know, yeah. and we were the enemy in the war, right? So, so they would always come with the two young kids. They were in university on the weekends. They'd just come over to my parents' place, yeah. right? Because they were always welcome. The park was in front of the house. You know, it was great, but it was they didn't even have to call ahead. You know. So, um, so it was wonderful growing up with that and that we, that we had to always give back because we were, um, we didn't call it white privilege back in the day, but we were privileged. We were good athletes, good students, white, right? And uh, working class, but still a lot of what we call today privilege. But it, we always had to put back into, do some volunteer work. You always had to give back. Yeah. If one of the disabled kids was getting picked on, you, you were, you were expect yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. How do you uh, how do you give back now in your in your stage of life that you're at right now? I don't. I just take. Yeah, take, take, it. take, and take. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I do, I do a fair amount of mentoring yeah. with with uh, with young people who you. I grew up as a, I was a camp counselor with YMCA, and all my kids went to the, the programs at the YMCA, so it's sort of like uh, a second home. And when you, when you meet people, even if it's your barista, I want to know who they are as a person. I don't, we don't have to become best friends, but they're not a barista to me. Yeah. You don't objectify anybody yeah. or define them by their function. Well, there was someone. You know, there was so, someone before they applied to that job right, and right. were and acquired that title. Right. You know, there, there's someone 
there's someone else there, you know, like yeah. remove the title. <laughs> like yeah, we are, we're all so. living under these titles, yeah. you know, even our yeah. names count as titles. Like yeah. we didn't give ourselves these names. Someone else gave us our name. So what is mm-hmm. real individualism? You know what I mean? Sure. Like how can you, we really have to look at people as living beings like, yeah. and they're, they're, they're so special. Right. In their own unique way, you know, and we have to acknowledge those things and stick up for the little guy yeah. or girl who yeah. can't. I recently got into a situation where I was, you know, I was sticking up for someone that I just standing in front of me. I could tell they were boiling. They were boiling and they, they, they look like it's like seeing a volcano that's about to erupt and they want to stick up for themselves. But they weren't because who knows in their lives, maybe they were told to never speak up for themselves or never speak to the tall white person in the room that's speaking down to them or their boss or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I was sitting there and I was like, I could feel that pain, you know? And then I had to say something to support them mm-hmm. because they were being spoken about as if they weren't even in the room. Like, imagine that. Like, as if you don't exist, but yet I'm standing right here. Yeah. You know? So, us, just people. Just people. Doesn't matter about this. Like, we should just be sticking up for one another. And I think we've lost a bit of that. Like everyone, as soon as something happens, let's say Leslie, who's behind the camera right now, let's say something is happening to her on the streets and instead of people jumping in to, they pull this out to capture it so that they could sort of support from afar by saying, hey, I was a witness to this. Look how devastating this is. And then that's how we show more. It's so weird. It's like really we're so far removed from a time where I appreciate and I wish I grew up in. And I feel like my generation kind of got the tail end of it. You know, like I'm 89. So the Mm -hmm. 90s still had that compassion and that uh, respect. You know, I was taught the foundations. But throughout high school, I saw it. I saw it moving away. I saw some people like that's why I, I took the route that I did. Because I was seeing people taking the opposite route. And it's like, I don't want to be a part of that herd. I want to be heiress and use what I was taught and those foundations. But I saw people losing those things or probably just never taught. And then what's going to happen is those kids who weren't taught something are going to have children who will not be taught those same things. And it's ongoing and ongoing. So how can we get back those those methods and those things, those that awareness or that that compassion for one another how can we get that back into today's society from your point of view from my point of view i think there's there a massive social issue that young people can attach themselves to in my day it was uh, protesting the war in vietnam and mm-hmm. civil rights mm-hmm. and in the late 60s and 70s i was uh, in high, I went into grade nine in 1966, 67. You know, do you remember those days? You almost made me yeah. spill my <laughs> drink when you said that. <laughs> you know, and 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 they were huge, but it brought people together. And it, uh, uh, the Bonnie Monhoff gang, Red Brigade, the Palestinian Liberation Organization was going on. They were hijacking jets. They. Uh, they killed all of the Israeli athletes at the Munich Olympics in 72. I mean, it was a crazy, crazy time. time. 
Um, even in Quebec, the mailboxes were being blown up and politicians being abducted and, and murdered. Um, you know, I, it, it, it was a dangerous time. So the civil rights and anti-war movement, even though we were in Canada and not a part of the war, it still brought us together yes. um, where we would protest. And there's nothing like a social issue um, that really enriches your moral code. And it's a, it, it's a perfect situation for romance because your emotions are running so high anyway in your, your political yes. and moral beliefs. Yes. And um, hmm. so you really connect, right? You know, um, you and I see, I see this with the environment, the way the young people are, 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 are trying to hold politicians accountable. At least they're speaking the truth to them and not accepting the bullshit. And they're, and, and and they're galvanizing. Able to, they're, yeah, they're able right. to, like going back to what you said about having access. Right. So I see people. that particular issue as as um, invigorating the humanity within young people. Yes. Right. In, in terms of personal contact. Yes, right. Yes. And, and I guess appropriate use of the technology. It's it's. I mean, this is, a, this is a great tool, too. I mean, it is when tool. I was co-coordinator of the anti-racism program, made sure, and this is a number of years ago, kids all had their cell phones to record in the early years the audio of any encounter with a cop. And then, because it's too hard to video, they're going to take it away from you. You can put it on record and get everything, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're not aware of it. And then, of course, everybody videotaping uh, the brutality that goes on in picture and sound. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it's a great tool for social justice, right? Do, pro do protests nowadays have more, impact, more of an impact than they did back then? Or do you think it's the other way around? Or nothing has really changed with the impact? I'm talking impact. If we factor in Europe, and Eastern Europe with all of the protests that have been going on against their, the governments there. And, and pair that with Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement and um, the, it seems that every racial group has, has reason to protest and are protesting. Uh, I see more, more silos. Mm. I don't see people working together on, on, on the social justice issues. It's not united. No, not yet. Where everybody happens to be united on the, um, on the environmental front. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see, but it gives me hope. It, it gives me hope that I haven't had for a long time in the yes. younger generation because uh, when my oldest son was born, Chenaman Square happened and, and that was a glimmer of hope for maybe democracy taking root in China. Of course, it was squashed, as yeah. we all know. Yeah. Um, we certainly created I'd, the same number of dictators as we had when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. and the democracies are in a tough spot right now. But um, I'm hearing I'm hearing Carlos's voice in my head again. But you know, yeah, you know, I want to uh, dive deep into all of. And I and I want to be 
hopeful for humanity. Yes. Especially as we, uh, our, our human reach now goes beyond our planet. And if we don't get our shit together, we're going to be in a lot of trouble when we encounter other life forms out there. Yeah. Well, we might have already encountered we them, have. and we don't even know, right? Like, that's, that could be where we go after we die. The could universe be. is so That's vast. why I say, yeah. 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 And universe. 85% we, we don't understand. We don't know what it is, right? Exactly. We, we or, can only recognize the matter of 15%, you know. And do we even... It's a, it's a choice to believe in what we've already heard about what's out there. You know, visits to the moon and Mars and stuff is what they're presenting to us actually it. Is, does the Earth actually look like what they've shown us that it looks like? Or are we under this dome? Or is, are we a video game? Are we, <laughs> is someone controlling us? Like, we won't know until maybe. And even then, we might we not, not know, know, right? Yeah. So it's a scary thing. But humanity is all that we have right now, I feel. So with what we have... How are we going to use it with the power that we have? These are tools like money. It's a tool. So using these things in the healthiest way possible, our voices, you know, that could maybe build a bridge and, and bring that humanity, Well, bring humanity back to some sort of... My father believed back in the day. He didn't believe in heaven. Mm-hmm. And he thought hell existed on earth mm-hmm. after his war experience. Mm-hmm. And, and the inhumanity we, 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 we put ourselves through. <laughs> he believed that what would unify the human race was contact with an alien race of people. And it would be fear that unified. Right? But there's... Uh, not a positive... It's not coming from a positive source. Right, right, right. It's coming from a negative. But there's right? been so much fear already. So you think like fear of something external coming that could unify us as opposed to the fear that we were, where we already, we've already faced, we're continuing to face today. Well, I'd like to take it another step further if we encounter an alien species, which would probably be more advanced than us. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what they might do to us because mm-hmm. we don't our humanity doesn't give us good citizenry in the rest of the universe, right? <laughs> and they would um, maybe wipe us out because they don't want to be contaminated with all of the brutality and negativity because humans are about control and domination, right, yeah, of yeah. every species. Yeah. And then of each other, <laughs> right? So, I mean... <laughs> Can I, I want to, like, I have, like, um, yeah... We could go into that very deeper because uh, I have a hundred things to say about that. I wanted to ask you something earlier. Um, going back, I know that you mentioned you didn't get a chance to uh, see your father reach 70, right? But right. when you, just anybody that was 70 back then or anyone of older age while you, when you were young and you compare it to like where you're at today, what 70 is today, what, what are the differences, would you say, <laughs> from that perspective? Like, what, what was 70 like back then versus 70 now, you being that? Well, I think we have a reversal of the cocoon. I was, when my kids were growing up, it was, um, it was very middle class. It was very secure. However, 
when I was growing up, parents were able to protect their, their children from the dangers of society. And that was a parent's responsibility, you know. Well, they cultivate their emotional, psychological, and moral development, and they're in sports and focus in on your education. They took care of all the food and nutritional requirements, right, and, and housing and entertainment and everything. When I was teaching my, my high school television series program, it became very clear to me that the envelope had reversed where the adults had no clue and had no ability to protect. And kids would go to a club, they could get shot or stabbed. And this goes back to the 90s, right? They had sex, they could get AIDS and die because medications weren't effective back in the day. And also all the social ostracization, right? Um, 75% of the kids in my editorial committee that were made up from 18 schools lived on their own. And they were in grade 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. And they were having to put food on the table mm -hmm. and, 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 and have an apartment. Mm -hmm. And of course, the provincial housing that was provided, there was a two-year waiting list. So you got a place when you graduated. Like, you know, like it was pretty crazy. So... The, the young ones became the experts in, in a social reality, social justice reality, health, um, and, and life safety, mm -hmm. right? That the adults were removed from. And of course, all the educators create all of their programs talking down because it's not, it's not organic, it's not factoring in who they're teaching to. It's no. not inclusive. Like, no. You know, not just on a cultural basis, but the context of living, all of the components of a, a society that everybody interacts with, right? So, and young people still are, are faced with those real dangers, right? Um, well, so, I, I see that a lot. Like, yeah. now, like uh, I think that a lot of a Adults. I mean, I'm an adult. <laughs> you're an adult, but not, some adults, when they become an adult, people, when they become that, when they get to that adult stage, whatever that means, whether you're defining that by your age or whatever, they forget that they were young once as well. So it's like you're so. It's like you automatically remove yourself, or you feel like you have to from that youth inside of you, so that you could still relate to the young folks. But because you're an adult now, you're like this, you know it all. You know the answers because you've lived through it. But really, the young people in that moment, like, they're the experts. That's right. They know. And the adults have been left behind unless it's making money or paying a mortgage. Yeah, you know. yeah adulting. Which some, they're adulting. Yeah, that's that's exactly. defined yeah. as adulting. You're an adult once you can pay bills or, you know, put food in your own fridge or whatever. But there are some youth that are doing that because they've been forced to. Yeah. They've been forced to grow up, right? But it's just weird to me when I see, you know, in the work that I do, like I'll see teachers that come in or, you know, people who work within the youth organizations and they're doing the work for people but people they don't even understand or can connect to anymore because they're adults now 
so it's like how can how can one really tap back into that young like you you mentioned like you keep young folks around you you keep that artistic those artists and creators around you and that keeps you alive and and going but someone that's not you like how could they still tap into their inner youth how do you feel like they could do that especially if they're trying to and they just can't because they become an adult well they get left behind they get left behind and and they end up getting divorced (laughs) like because when you stop growing individually right you have a disconnect <laughs> happens in, in your relationships. Yeah. And one of the partners... Even with gonna, yourself. Yeah, but one yeah, of yeah, those partners yeah. are yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But you got blinders on to yourself. Right? You become part of the rational con. Right? So, so the relationships become totally dysfunctional, even with their, their children, you know. Um, was there ever <laughs> was there ever a time in life where you felt like you lost yourself? The essence of who you are? Was there a moment where you're like, I'm not myself? No, I never felt I wasn't myself, but I, I uh, high school was the unhappiest time of my life because I, I I guess I was finding myself. And that was a transition from the athletics to uh, to the arts. That was part of that, and and everything that was going on at university was tremendous time, not just in fun, but I really got something out of it. Right? Yeah. Um, no, I never felt I was personally lost. It was all about context where was I in relationship to what should I be a part of you know um, but no I, I never felt disconnected from myself I think that's uh, I think that's part of the rational con too because what you're, you're objectifying yourself you're splitting yourself in two right you know I think that's not mentally healthy even the language, like knowledge is, is, is unconscious. Yes. You know, yeah, and, and, and knowledgeable people know that. Well, there could be moments of influence that could, that could participate or, sorry, be the cause of why someone might lose a piece of themselves. Like if we think about younger people who are, you know, um, Peer pressure and stuff like that, and they're they're being right. versions of themselves that they really aren't, you know. So that could be an aspect of losing oneself. That where that can happen, right? I, I agree with those descriptions absolutely, yeah. Yeah. and I, I so. don't think the individual's lost. Mm. I think things like um, a harmony within oneself and a strength, an inner strength, um, are necessary. Not a physical strength. Mm. But to say, I'm not giving in to that peer pressure, right? Because I'm going to hang with this other group. Because it's always cliquey. Yeah. It wasn't my day, it is That's today, like, right? Yeah, you click, know? Yeah, it's all about um, the clique. So uh, even adults clique. <laughs> yeah. But they don't click. <laughs> That's where, where's my sound effect? That was, that was a good one, you know? 
Didn't you like that? I, I well, thought adults, that was good. adults they... click because they're adults, but then they don't click yeah. on individual. <laughs> right? so you know, just, I, yeah. you know, but um, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. You know, it's it's trying to maintain <laughs> a, a truth to yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening in or tuning in, watching in, however you decide to indulge in this who and how content, uh, you could clearly see why Ed is on the show today and why he means so dear to me. Um, him and I could speak for hours on these sort of like deep concepts and, you know, uh, sort of peeling back the orange or the banana and really uh, shedding light on what's just what's behind the curtain. Um if you've heard anything today that sort of resonates with you or that has sort of ignited a feeling inside of you and you want to touch base, uh, you want to comment, leave a comment below uh, on the page or uh, feel free to email the who and how club at whohowclub at gmail.com or uh, you could touch base with me, your host, only one Aris, O-N-L-Y, the number one A-R-Y-S or at whohowclub on all social media platforms because I'm certain anything Ed and I have said today uh, has definitely triggered a thought or a feeling inside of you and that's why we're here ed how can people get a hold of you if they do want to pick your brain on some things that we've spoken about today what's the best way sa instagram <laughs> <laughs> you have um is there an email or yeah something? it's it's my email is edward healy at gmail.com and healy is spelled h-e-e-l-e-y and edward Healy is one word. Thank you. Uh, Facebook, yeah. Edward Healy. Um, although I'm not listed on Road to Possible, you can also check out roadtopossible.com and uh, we'll get your comments or, or you're reaching out. So, um, And that's R... Want to spell it out? R-O-A-D-T-O-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. I feel like I'm in a spelling bee. You definitely road to possible.com uh yeah and uh yeah and we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk i about i hardly ever go on linkedin i don't even think i fill out a profile other than my name <laughs> <You know? laughs> so edward's been in the business um for a while especially the creative business and uh we're gonna talk about road to possible now and then we're gonna get into some um who and how uh sort of it, it's like a lightning round. I haven't developed a, an actual title for this segment yet, but it's like a who and how lightning round where I ask you a couple questions. Uh, I might make a statement or just throw out a word and you share your one word thought or response to that thing. Um, but tell, talk to the people or speak with the people about what Road to Possible is and why you created that platform. Well, Leslie and I created it to... Um profile people uh, that are pursuing seriously pursuing their dreams and ambitions in, in a functional sense and, and personal uh, by knowing who they are so it gets into their personal lives it gets into their professional lives and we profile them the only people that we exclude from our profiles it's totally inclusive except for celebrities or public figures they are not welcome well it's not that they're not welcome it's it's 
that's just not who we're interested in. Let's let's be polite here, right? Yeah. You know, you want the everyday individual, the person who. Yeah, real people. Real people. Real, real people. Because if you're dealing with a celebrity, you're dealing with a publicity machine. You're dealing with an image. You're dealing with an uh, agenda. Yeah, you might right? not get that yeah. authentic. No. Story or that no. person, that individual. No. So, so many of them are into their brand. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. And I. So Justin Trudeau is not shameless, welcome on the show, right? Shameless, yeah. <laughs> shameless plug. I'm mm-hmm. also. Um, I've been featured on the Road to Possible platform. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you folks have been following me in my journey. You know that I feel like that's like, like I create like, Who and How Club focuses on people's journeys, right? And it's like who watches the yeah. Watchmen. You folks have been yeah. focusing on my journey, which I really appreciate. You know, and it kind of, I would say, Road to Possible inspired me to create a platform such as this, you know, profiling folks and right. bringing folks in, everyday people to really speak about their journeys and what makes them tick <laughs> on, the, on the inspirational level, you know, and what keeps them going, right. what keeps them alive, what makes them them, and revisiting that, the journey, the lifestyle, like where you've come from. Like, yeah, I see you right in front of me now, but. You've seen a lot. You've been through a lot. So what got you here? You know. So uh, shout out to Road to Possible and and creating that for for everyday people. Before we move on, there's two things I want to get in this show. Um, for, uh, the YMCA is like a, a family. Yes. And there's a lot of young people that come through there. Uh, a lot of university students, and you get to know them because they're there for a number of years. So. Some mentoring goes on there, you know, um, and, it, and it's a great place to also get juiced, not just my friends in the business that are younger, but, you know. Get what? Juiced. Oh, juiced. You know, juiced, you know, intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, you know, what's going on. And because we all have to give back. A lot of people mentored me, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, it, it's just part of the equation. If you can, you do, right? The other thing that's really, really important because we've talked about relationships and power to a degree is uh, I was present at all four of my son's births, cut the umbilical cords, and the youngest one, the last one, I actually delivered hands in, the pulls and turns, and I was going so slow, my wife curled up off the bed, put her hands on mine, and pulled my son out the rest of the way because I was going too slow. The, the point is, is that every male should, as part of their education, go through a birthing process and see what real strength is and see a miracle. And, and, and because I really think it is a real miracle. And to be able to see a woman in a nanosecond go from agonizing trauma of, of uh, labor and the process of delivering to that m- nanosecond when the baby's out to complete joy, contentment, happiness. It's just, it, it, it's really, it's a miracle. And it really teaches me as a male what real strength is about. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you know. Um, 
so that's I, I wanted to get that in there you know thank you thank you for sharing that I'm looking forward to something like that to, to that experience you know I always right. think about what life would like would be like as a father for me especially with the absence of one will that be something I use to be a greater one will there be things that I might not know what to do because of it will that or will I just watch YouTube tutorials on how to be a father? <laughs> like what, what, who, what, what will, you know, but hearing, yeah. hearing a, a person of your stature and, you know, you being a father, you still being here saying something like that, it's inspiring, you know, and I agree. I agree. I think it, it, it must be a beautiful moment. It, it is. It is. You know, it, 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 it's, it's remarkable. And my advice to everybody, it's like a relationship. Like with your kids, spend as much time with them as you can in the elementary school years. Because grade seven is the end of the innocence. <laughs> Drugs are for real. Violence is for real. Yes. Right. At um, that stage. And if you have a good relationship with your kids, you've got, you know, in elementary school, Go on all the school trips. Coach their school teams, right? Volunteer if they're doing a stage production, even if it's, you know, just doing the sets. Don't sit on the library committee you know, or the fundraising committee because you're just dealing with other adults. Then you've got a good foundation for those independent years and you have the foundation of a good, honest communication and companionship, which you'll need as they go through the independent years in high school. You know, and and be and they start adulting. Yes, yes. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Or Thank they you think they're adulting. They think they're. They think they're. I'm still not a. I don't know. You know, we're still figuring things out, right? You're exactly. The same. Growing. Me too. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then that goes back to like, who are you, right? Like, it's a right. continuous who that you're trying to figure out. Right. You, you don't know it right off. You don't. You won't know it at 19. You might not know it at 70. You're continuously figuring out who you are and how how to define that and how you choose to define that, not based on how other people want you to define it you know so it's a right. journey yeah so uh i appreciate uh what you just said because it's uh i felt like my future just like kind of flashed in my mind like what my future might look like you know so thank you for sharing that and i hope hopefully we have inspired some people men especially with what you just stated so thank you um we're gonna get into a quick lightning round so I'm going to pose some questions or some, I'm going to throw some things out. Do your best <laughs> to respond with at least one word or two, but it's very basic stuff, but we just want to get some glimpses and some flashes of Ed and what makes you, you. And then, you know, when you come back on a future episode, we could dive deeper into some other things that we might've not spoken about today, but just, you know, off the, off the, off the rim. I'm a hockey player, so I don't know. What's a, what's a rim? <laughs> um, Off the goalpost? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Off the post. Um, what, what keeps you going? Life. And the people in it, you know. Um, it's just, everything about it's so wonderful. I couldn't live a place that didn't have four seasons. 
when you say life, do you mean the people in your life or the people in life? People in my life. Because it's always changing, right? People die, new people, you make new friends, right? Um, you have your core that's set, but you can even lose them, like children. You never know what's going to happen. So the essence of, of this magnificent planet and, and to be able to look at the stars and feel a part of something is, is uh, it's so fulfilling. And the wonderful people we meet, and, and even the bad people we meet, because it, it brings out the best in us if we take action against, legally. But you know what I'm saying? You know, so, so um, I've just been one to follow my heart, and it's a big, wonderful world for my heart to follow, you know? So, but it's the people and, and things. Yeah. Describe where you came from, the place that you came from in your mind. What's the word that comes to your mind when you think about where you came from? I was raised right out of the sidewalk in East Toronto, even though I was born in the West End. Mm. And what was it like <laughs> for you in the East End at that time? It was pretty special. Special? Uh, yeah. Where do you see... Uh... It was tough, but it was special. I, I mean, it's always special. It's unique, you know. I mean, um, so stimulating, mm. you know. Um, it, it, it's it's feel like a plant growing, you know what I mean? During those years, you're, you're, you're growing. So how do you describe growing? I, I can't. Growing. You know, taking it all in. Take in more than you put out. How would you uh, rate yourself as a father? Out of ten. No comment. <laughs> Why no comment? Of course, this has it's, to come it's, from your sons. It's, it's it, exactly, but yeah. it's it's that that type of question is sort of like, uh, when did you stop beating your wife, or do you still beat your wife? Mm -hmm. There's any answer, you're in the wrong, mm. right? So it's it's a question I can't answer. So we could reframe the question and maybe ask you like, what does it mean to you to be a father? A hundred percent commitment to others, um, which includes learning from them, not just talking at them, you know, to teach, but to facilitate their learning and your own learning. So I would, it, it's, it's all in the attempt. It's all in the commitment. It's not always about the outcome because we make a lot of mistakes as parents and you have to have the ability to acknowledge it uh, to your kids who was your mentor or one of them I never really had a mentor I had a lot of people that did some mentoring, like a coach, 
that took it beyond just coaching. Um, you know, the, the, the technical aspects of the game or of the pool. Um, a couple of teachers, Andy Higgins was one who, who just passed away. Um, he was the coach's coach, um, brilliant. Coach three Olympic, I think it was three Olympic track teams for Canada. And he was my track coach in high school and um, when I was getting out of athletics. And we, we stayed in touch right up until he passed away. But it was in me because high school was the worst time of my life. He helped, zero, helped me to zero in on what was important. And uh, uh, Frank Rufo, um, who was a musical director, director older than me, was the closest thing in the field. Um, as a young actor that was as a, as a mentor. Um, there's been a few. Uh, there's been a few. And, and some, some good women. Um, some of them my own age, you know, that were able to, that mentor. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. My mother was probably the best. I could always talk to her about anything, uh, including suicide, right? I never got to the point of committing suicide or attempting it, but it's always something I think young people go through where we really take a real hard, serious look at what it means to end one life, usually brought on by the loss of someone within your circle. Or, but, yeah. yeah. On the intellectual front, it was my dad. You know. Yes, yes, uh, yes. But, um, and we've spoken about things like, of that nature offline and stuff like that, and suicide and, and all of that jazz. I was going to ask you, um, I think I know the answer to this, but for folks, like, do you, do you ever question your mortality? How do you question it? I'm going to die, right? You're going to die. We're all, we're all going to die at some point. That's because I'm behind on my payments, my monthly payments, to get frozen, you know what I mean? <laughs> Walt Disney over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they freeze all of them or just his head? Just his head, like Futurama. Like Futurama. He'll be, he'll be here making Mulan 8 and Beauty and the Beast 4. But, but that's something that doesn't interest me, mm. you know, in, in, in hanging on at all costs mm. to be frozen. Mm. I think we should be able to look forward to and embrace what's next. Mm. Not rush it. Great segue. You know. Yeah. Um, so what is... And if it's nothing, yeah. it's nothing. And, and, and that's cool, too. <laughs> we'll exist in the void. In Don't nothing. have to put up with any bullshit. <laughs> or any tremendous happiness or joy. But... Uh, well, that was going to uh, be my final one in the, in the uh, lightning round. What is next for Ed Healy? <sighs> trying to get back in shape after the uh, pandemic. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel the uh, aches and pains. Mm. 
mm. of being old. And, and all the injuries, you know, start to act up. Yeah. I'm lucky I don't have any serious arthritis. But um, My legs starting to crack. Crack. Yeah, like I can hear it. Click in your knees? Just a little click, yeah. Yeah, that's a tendon. Are we okay? Yeah, you just strengthen <laughs> your muscles, right? You know, right, Leslie? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, and I want to get back to the Caribbean as fast as I can. Yes. So uh, I think maybe January. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared, Ed. Obviously, you and I could go forever on picking each other's brains and just hearing you speak is inspiring. It gives me hope. You know what I mean? Like, and you too. You're an extremely positive person. I try my best. I try my best. You do. You don't try, you're a doer. Mm. You know, that's, that's one of the things I love about you. you keep on doing. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, we have uh, a segment on the show called Ask the Club. We usually end off on this segment. It's when our guests get an opportunity to either pose any kind of any kinds of questions, statements, one word, little flashes of, uh, you know, just anything um either to myself or you know for the viewers watching and listening in um the listeners you have any questions for today that you'd like to ask yeah do people think my rocking is because i have a bit of a neurosis or just that i can't sit still (laughs) No, well, it did come up as a serious issue, not about my rocking, but about somebody else's. People say I, I move around a lot as you well. You hardly moved know. at all. Well, but it's because people have told me, so I'm it's a bit, saying, I, yeah. I try to pay attention to it. I tend to touch my face a lot, or I like I'll, yeah. I'll uh, fiddle. Yeah. And uh, I find the hardest thing is sitting still. Right. I just can't. Um, yeah. Um, any any other questions or anything you want to pose to you? Yeah, yourself? I'd love to, uh, love to hear from the audience on any type of issue, on any type of meaningful issue. Um, and life is the issue, right? So, so all topics are open. Um, I'd like to hear what young people have to say about where, where they think we're going. Mm. You know, politically, economically, and... Uh, and I guess spiritually, yes, in 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 a humane way, not in a religious way, right? Right. But yeah, let's 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 hear what the young folks in the know have to say. Yes, even if they're unsure. Yes, being unsure is 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 a safe place to be. It's a safe place to be, and it has a lot of answers. Like you can't ask a question that doesn't have an answer to it yes otherwise you couldn't ask the question if you had no knowledge of it you couldn't ask the question or if you had all the knowledge there would be no questions to ask so any final words to the people any final words yeah final message like if you had one minute to share something to the world or the young folks listening in be kind be right and savor every moment Savor every, every moment. Well said. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Who and How Club. We had Ed Healy on the program today. This will not be the uh, 
final time, last time, only time that you see uh, Ed on the show. We have more to discover about him and to dive deep into. Uh, I'm definitely going to be thinking about a lot of things today. My existence will be one of them, and my adulthood will be the second thing, and uh, what I want for my future and how I keep how I could keep this youthful uh, energy alive, just like Ed has. Um, so thank you again for being on today's episode, sir. Uh, thank let's you. cheers to that, finally getting you on. Great to be here. The folks will see you again. You know the slogan, you are the who and how club. I am the who and how club. And we are the who's and how's of this world. Without you, without me, there is no we. Um, so while we're here together sharing this common thing called life and experiencing it, let's share... Let's share some perspectives and uh, pick each other's brains on what we're living through, because I'm sure we'll find a way to relate, relate to one another and learn something from one another. It's your boy, Eris Dejan, checking in once again. We'll touch base in a week, y'all. One. <laughs> one. What? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Peace. Good one. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's really whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or even at work. You're not dealing well with stress even? Well, whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist within under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As a special offer to the Who and How Club listeners, you could get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash who how. That's betterhelp.com slash who how. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this show.